0: You're listening to The Right to Be Catholic with Sean A.R. Brought to you by the Eastern Catholic
1: Re-Evangelization Center.
0: Welcome everybody to the Right to Be Catholic podcast. On the podcast, we tackle everyday issues that we as Catholics face in our modern world today. I'm your host, Catholic speaker and advocate, Sean A.R. Today's topic is one that I believe we can all relate to because it's one that we are currently living and breathing today, and that is quarantine life. In this episode, we'll talk about the do's and don'ts during quarantine life, the stress, anxiety, and depression that comes with living in this time that we are currently living in today, and how prayer and therapy can help us overcome the storm that we are currently living in. Before I do all that, I want to I want you all to think about something. Think about all the things that we're going through today in this quarantine life that we're living and think about how blessed you currently are. And I say this because now I know, and I don't want to downplay on anybody's situation that they're dealing with because some of us are dealing with illness in our families or just financial losses. But for the most part, a lot of us are just dealing with That, hey, I don't know what to do. I can't go anywhere. I can't see anybody. I can't go to church. I can't do certain things, which are all very important things to do. But these are things that we've done all our lives and we take it for granted. And think about this think about other people in the world that live this day to day. They don't know anything else but this. For us, this is a temporary thing that will soon pass. So I want you guys to think about that while we're going through this podcast. And hopefully by the end of this podcast, when we talk about what we're going to talk about, you'll have some tools that will help you get through these troubling times. With that, I want to bring up the quote that I chose for this topic. And the quote comes from the great saint of our times, uh, which is Pope John Paul II. And he says, I plead with you, never give up on hope, never doubt, never tire, And never be discouraged. Be not afraid. That's a beautiful quote, and I think it goes great for what we're going to be talking about today. To go along with that quote, I actually have a prayer that I often pray, and to me, I think this is like a cry out to the Lord for strength. The prayer is actually called the serenity prayer, and it goes like this. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. I think that's an awesome prayer, especially for the times that we're living in now, because I think a lot of the stress and anxiety that comes from our day-to-day, especially now what we're living, is because we're trying to change the things that we can't change. And instead of changing the things that we could, we're doing the opposite. If you actually Google um, how many times the phrase, do not be afraid, shows up in the Bible, you'll notice that the phrase comes up 365 times, which signifies that God, our Father, is telling us every day of the year, do not be afraid, I am with you. I think that's very beautiful, and that's something to think about when we actually hear those words. So, In our show today, I want to introduce our two guests. Uh, I want to thank you both for coming on our show. Our first guest is Father Brian Kessa. Thank you, Father, for coming on the show.
1: Thanks for having me, Sean.
0: Thank you. And we have Stephanie Nofar, who is a mental health specialist, or I'm sorry, therapist, correct? Yes. Thank you, Stephanie, for coming on the show.
2: Glad to be here.
0: So earlier, uh, Brian, uh, Father Brian and I, I apologize, I knew him way before he was Father Brian, so you'll see sometimes refer to him as Brian. Sorry, Father. Um, so, uh, Father Brian, can you tell me a little bit about um, how long you've been a priest and what, priest, uh, what parish you do serve at?
1: Yes, I, I've been a priest for um, this August will be four years and um, I was a priest for the first three years at St. Joseph Chaldean Catholic Church in Troy, Michigan and uh, this, just this past August um, I'm, I am was assigned by Bishop Francis uh, to St. Thomas Chaldean Catholic Church in West Bloomfield, Michigan. So it's uh, just a little less than a year I've been here. Thank you. Stephanie,
0: so I understand that uh, you are a obviously a mental health uh, therapist. How long have you been doing um, this?
2: Um, I've been doing therapy for almost 10 years now. Um, I have a private practice in Sterling Heights called Hope and Counseling. Um, I have myself and four other therapists there that um, deal with pretty much all kinds of mental health disorders and
0: issues that people have. So basically, this topic is your day-to-day, every day?
2: Uh, literally every day.
0: So we were, actually, we were actually talking about this together um, the other day, Father Brian and myself and Stephanie and myself, how even though you guys, Father Brian and Stephanie, you guys have either parishioners or patients come to you guys with these issues, that you guys often um, deal with issues similar to this yourself on your day-to-day.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's hard not to right now. Absolutely. Everyone's going
0: through it. So do you guys find that sometimes it's hard to sometimes, I don't know, uh, give back and then say like, Hey, listen, from personal experience, I deal with it this way versus, you know, just giving the textbook answer to people.
2: I mean, I don't know about father Brian, but I think that I, I incorporate both, you know, what works for me and what works, you know, in general, what's worked in the past for other people. Um, I think that we can all learn from each other. Definitely.
1: Great. Thank you. And I, I mean, I, I'm very, um, same as, as, uh, as Stephanie mentioned, I think it's very important that if you can play, if you can, if you can talk to people from a place of experience, uh, rather than just reading something from a textbook it goes a long way for people. And so, uh, my own personal experience with anxiety uh, is something that's I'm very open about. Um, until this day, my I have to manage my anxiety because my anxiety um, wants to get the best of me. And the same way, if you don't manage a department, the department of that uh, of that company would not be successful. If I don't manage my thoughts throughout the day, then um, then I will not be very good to myself. I will, and that department, which is my mind. Um, won't be very good and, and productive for others. So um, constantly, daily, um, I have to manage my thoughts. I have to manage unknown. And this is a like as Stephanie said, this is just such a perfect time of uncertainty. And that's really anxiety. If you and Stephanie can confirm this, but most anxiety is attached to a, a unknown future event. And so we're all in this boat of uncertainty right now of what tomorrow is going to look like. Am I the next? Am I the next one who's going to end up in the hospital or am I going to get that phone call from somebody who's struggling with it or, or do I have to go anoint somebody? So mine is very real. I mean, th- what I experience on a daily basis is very real because I have to be there for others, but at the same time, I have to take care of myself first. If a car has no gas, it's not going to go anywhere. So I can't refuel others if I'm not managing my, my, my own anxiety and thoughts on a daily, on a daily basis.
2: And I think we've even used each other, you know, like we we will vent to each other or, you know, go to each other for support. Um, You know, that's what we have to do as people who are serving our community or other people right now. 100%.
1: We're not
2: immune to this. That's for sure. As professionals. Mm -hmm.
1: And I, and as a, as a priest, I, I often talk to Stephanie and ask for her advice because I am not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a clinician. And so I, I don't have that background. I have a little bit of experience with it, but I don't want to also, uh, although I have my own personal experiences, I don't want to act as if I am, I am the therapist. Um, and which is oftentimes, you know, that's her area of expertise. And, and I will, uh, I will often refer people to her or get her advice to give to people that I deal with that are in my office because, uh, because she, she knows that. I mean, it's, it's her life and it's, it's what she has dedicated her life to. So, yeah.
0: I think it's comforting to know that even though you guys are, what would you consider the experts in these areas that you guys often, or you guys also deal with these day to day yourself. And it's just a matter of telling yourself as well when you're telling either your parishioners or your clients that, or patients that, Hey, you know, I deal with this too. And this is how, we can get over it together. I think it's wonderful. So with that being said, uh, a few things that I wanted to go over with you guys are a few uh, do's and don'ts during quarantine. And I wanted to obviously get your thoughts on, on each one of them. So first I wanna go over the do's. Um, and a few of the things that I came up with were uh, reading the Bible. Or I mean, if you don't wanna read the Bible, read any book, but reading the Bible I think is wonderful because for many, fa- many factors, one, you're getting closer to God when you read it, and also you're getting your mind off of that day to day what you're dealing with. So
2: that's you, Brian.
0: <laughs> Brian. <laughs> We're all looking at Bob Ryan like, "Are you ready for this?" <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I
1: mean, you can't you're, go you're wrong a-
2: with reading anything, that's for sure. But definitely Stephanie, you're the, use this you,
1: time. You, Stephanie's the, the is the has a background in theology.
2: So, <laughs> no, um, I do not. <laughs> I do not. I'm no. A political science major that has nothing to do with it. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: it's 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 uh, this is a perfect opportunity for for you know as you're mentioning reading the Bible, Sean, and 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 why I mean I, you're I'm stating the obvious, but I think it's not so obvious because I spoke I speak to so many people on a daily basis who don't you know oftentimes I ask people do you do you hear God's voice and they're like no I, I never heard God's voice. And so they're calling me, asking me for advice. And I'm like, well, God wants to tell you, you know, God wants to speak to you and tell you what you should do about this particular situation, whatever the circumstances may be, the personal problem, the vocation to religious life or marriage or or whatever it may be. And and they're like, but People are just totally oblivious to how to hear God's voice. And and you know, that the the most sure way to hear God's voice is is through the Holy Bible. We call the Bible the Word of God. And if it's the Word of God, then uh, it's how we're gonna hear his voice. We're not gonna hear it in an audible way. It's rare that we're gonna hear God's voice how I'm speaking right now, or any any of us here are, are speaking currently right now in this in this in this podcast. So God's voice is not gonna sound like that, but will read his word through the Holy Bible because it's the living word, right? What he said thousands of years ago in the Old Testament can still mean something today for any one of us. And uh, and uh, and so his word is alive and he promises in the book of Hebrews that his word is alive and, um, and that it can mean something to us. So absolutely, especially in these times, I mean, even for my own personal prayer, the past two months, God is continuing to reassure me, do not be afraid, you're in good hands. I will not drop you, um, you know, um, constantly. And, and, and so even for me, somebody who's a human being and has fear, uh, fear tries to creep into my life or anxiety or whatever it may be that constantly, I try to start my day off with the word of God. Cause I need to hear from God almighty that I'm okay, that I'm going to be in good hands, no matter what it's going to, what, what's going to be. So whatever the, whatever the day ahead of me looks like. So, um, whether, and so I just kind of mentioned that, that reading the Bible is so very necessary. And, And I don't know, Sean, if now is a good time to kind of talk about maybe how to go about the approach of reading the Bible, because a lot of people are intimidated uh, by the Bible and find it boring sometimes or are confused as to what to read. Do I open it up randomly or do I start with the New Testament or Old Testament or do I just read it from, you know, the... So I don't know if if now is a good time to maybe just say a few words about that. Yeah, please, of course, enlighten us. So... My, you know, how I, this is what I tell people is is have a strategy, right? When we go into reading the Bible, um, the Catholic church, not the Chaldean Catholic church. So the Roman Catholic church gives us daily readings each day. So if we just go uh, to, if we just Google um, Catholic daily readings, the church has daily readings each day. And so there's three to four readings depending on the day. And if, and it, it, I can find those readings and I can read them. Uh, and I think that's a good strategy to have. And some of it is, I mean, it's oftentimes it's a new Testament reading and an old Testament reading and then, and like a Psalm in between. And so, um, anyway, we can, any, we can hear God's, God's voice anywhere in throughout the Bible that we read. So, um, if we're not giving God an opportunity each day to hear from him by going to his word and asking him to speak to us, then that's nobody's fault except our own. You know, God wants to speak to his children, which father doesn't want to enlighten his children. And it's our responsibility, though, to find the readings. I mean, there is no wrong way to read the Bible, but I, I prefer and tell people that I direct spiritually to, uh, to read the daily readings each day because that, the church and her wisdom gives us daily readings. And now we're praying with the daily readings with everybody in the Universal Catholic Church and that the Holy Spirit can really enlighten us uh, with those readings if we, and, and it takes 10, 15 minutes. It could take 20 minutes. I mean, I spent a whole hour on the, only the first reading and never, never got to the second or third one because God was really saying so much in that, in that first reading to me that I didn't want to rush into the second reading. So, um, but I, I think that's a good approach. The USCCB, which is the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, on their wes- website, which is uh, uh, usccb.org, uh, they have the daily readings each day and that's a catholic obviously a catholic website so i think that's where i get my daily readings each day
0: so thank you father brian for sharing that with us and you were talking about how powerful prayer life is and how important it is and something that i've just been recently doing was i started like a prayer journal and i actually divided it into like my favorite prayers chaldean prayers that i have um prayers on where i can find certain things that i i want to know about like, for example, where is purgatory mentioned in the Bible? Or where does it talk about praying um, with saints so that, you know, they intervene for us uh, to God? And just things like that that I have in there. And I'm constantly more and more growing that. Uh, other, other things that we could do during this uh, quarantine would be like listening to uplifting music. I've always found that listening to uplifting music changes, that, changes the mood you're in that day.
2: And to piggyback on your journaling, um, I always recommend to my clients too to do like a gratitude journal because although we have so many things that we can't do or that we don't have, we have a lot more than that. And so, being grateful for the things that we do have through this time and seeing the positive side of things, you know, being grateful for the time that you're spending with your family, being grateful for the food we have on our tables, the, you know, all the opportunities that we have. We have, you know, live streaming masses. We have. You know, we have all of these different things that yes, we've lost one part, but we're still we still have a lot of other things. You know, so gratitude journals have been a big thing for me.
0: I agree. Um, I, I've heard it many times said that if you write things down that you know they can get them out of your head and onto paper. So that's actually a really good point. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
0: Um, you know, you talked you talked about technology, and something that I wanted to bring up was um you know, thank God for technology, because now, even though we can't see our family or friends that, you know, we can't visit them, we could always uh, either FaceTime or Zoom each other. Um, mm-hmm. And something that I wanted to mention was that, you know, we should, we should take this opportunity to FaceTime or Zoom, if you don't have FaceTime, obviously, uh, either family or friends or people that we know that don't have family members that are alone. Like, mm-hmm. this is a great opportunity to reach out to those people and give them that, that face-to-face time that, you know, we do with our family and friends.
2: And that's how we can help other people with their anxiety is to let them know that someone is thinking about them, that someone is there for them. If they do need to talk, the door is open, you know, because a lot of times people won't reach out when they need to, but if you reach out to them, they may open up to you. They may want to talk to you about certain things, you know, but they're just kind of, they don't want to be a burden. So sometimes that reach out, it could be, could mean everything to them.
1: It's a very good point, actually. Um, Something I would also I, like. Ahead I ahead. would like to just also say, uh, what Stephanie's saying is just from a spirituality standpoint. The the you know uh, the Bible mentions that the, the the evil one is a spirit of darkness. So with that being said, is is that he doesn't for those who do feel isolated and those who are withdrawing and feeling those that you know um, you know um, and, and need human contact. The evil one will say just keep it in darkness, don't say anything, Mm -hmm. don't bother them. And then and then then he gains and wins in that situation. Um because you know Jesus is the light. Jesus says that he's the light. So the evil one is a spirit of darkness. So it's 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 very important to uh to reach out to people and uh and for other people who are experiencing that to reach out as well and not to leave that in the darkness because only the evil one works in that situation. The more we bring it to the light by communicating or talking to somebody, getting out of isolation will help us grow in our, in, our, in our spiritual life as well.
0: You know, um, you mentioned him, and I wanted to uh, bring up something that I saw the other day. I mean, I, it's, not, it's not a church. It wasn't something that the church uh, put out, but it was something that I saw and I thought it was really awesome. It's something you just mentioned with him being, you know, the prince of darkness and then how Jesus Christ is the, is the light. And it was, um, it looks like it's a picture of, like, the devil talking to Jesus saying, with this COVID nineteen, I've closed down all of your churches, and then it's Jesus answering him back, saying, "Wrong! I've opened one. I've opened one in every home." And I thought that was actually great because now we can Boom. listen. To church. Boom! We listen to mass every day or whenever we want, and from the comfort of our homes.
2: Yeah.
1: And the home, so, yeah, the home is the home is the domestic church, and so the you know what it, what it means is you know when you come to church, a sacrifice is offered by the priest, but you know, the husband is the priest of his household uh, by offering, offering sacrifice for his children and his wife. And a wife is called to offer sacrifice um, in the middle of the night for, you know, for her children by waking up. And and so sacrifices in the home is literally mass after mass after mass that's being said in the home. So you guys are the domestic church, Sean, Stephanie, um, all of us are, are called to be the domestic church. Um, and so we take from, yeah, we can't, we can't all meet together in the physical building, which is, you know, but we're we're able to take that building and build a church inside each one of our homes by constantly sacrificing for each other.
2: I think it's also made us like thirst for church and thirst for Jesus a lot more. Um, you know, like we, I think some of us take that for granted, like being able to go to mass, you know, a lot of people miss mass and, and think like, oh, it's fine. You know, next week it'll be there. And right now we were shown that it's not always guaranteed that we can go physically to the church and go to mass. So I think it's actually it's it's kind of opened people's eyes to, you know, taking advantage of the services that we do have.
0: I think I think a lot of us have taken for granted or now we're seeing that that we took for granted a lot of the things that we thought were just I like thought you mentioned always there. Mm-hmm. Father Brian, you actually mentioned this the other day in your homily, and I actually If you remember, I texted you after and I was like, that was amazing. So you said this, you said, I think Jesus is telling us all to go to our room and think about what we've done. So I think all of us have been sent to our room for a long time and think about what we've done. So I think at this time, we should utilize this to think about what it is that um, we have done and correct that mistake.
1: Yeah, it's a perfect opportunity. It's a perfect opportunity. Um, and, and the example, Sean, as, as, you, as you mentioned in my homily that I use is that, you know, the same way a father sends his, his child into their bedroom for crossing the street without looking both ways multiple times, the, the father will send his child to, to their room, not out of rage and hatred and, 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 and just um, disgust and punishment, but out of love. And the same thing, we have a father who loves us, and we are not paying attention throughout our day-to-day life, how we're living our lives. We're literally, in a, in a spiritual way, we're crossing the street, not looking both ways, multiple, multiple times a day. And a father, out of love, will send his children to their room so they can think about who they are, what, who they belong to, and, and which direction their lives are going.
0: Yeah. Right. So a few other things that I wanted to talk about with, uh, with the dues during this quarantine time. Would be um, obviously listening to a podcast that you like, for example, the Right to be Catholic podcast that all of you guys can download and subscribe to on you know, SoundCloud or Apple uh, podcast. That's a great way to kill time and learn more and more about your faith. Um, we mentioned spending time with your family. How about starting a new project? For example, my mom the other day called us, and she was like, hey, I'm dividing all the bins in the house, all the pictures, and every day she'll FaceTime me and show me a different picture of myself when I was younger. So we're teaching her how to scan them all and put them on a flash drive for all of us. So that's something good. You can try a new project: organizing things in the house. The other day, Stephanie and I were talking, and she said, every day I think of a new thing that I want to do in the house that I do. Um, i
2: organized every cabinet, every closet, every everything <laughs> you could possibly think of.
0: See? <laughs> This quarantine is making us all either
1: domestic or more family oriented. Mm-hmm. That's really good for, for Stephanie's husband as well, because she's not online shopping and spending money.
2: <laughs> no, no, I am still. I'm sure,
0: I'm
1: you, I, <laughs> I still
2: make time for that. <laughs> it's part of that, my self-care.
0: That wasn't canceled during the
2: quarantine. <laughs> no, I'm so, actually very proud of myself. I have not had any packages being delivered in at least a week.
0: I can't wow. say the same thing. I have a new Amazon Big. package come to my house every day.
2: You don't know what
0: I <laughs> mean. But so yep. so uh, other things that we can focus on are exercise, meditation, learning something new. For example, th- take this time that you have. You have all this time now because you're at home all day. Learn a new language. Learn to play an instrument, something of that, of that, of that sort. So these are all things that we can do during quarantine. I want to also touch on a few of the things that we should not be doing during quarantine. The main thing I want to tell everybody who's listening is don't panic. I know we often overthink everything. It's important what we're going through, but don't overthink and, and dwell on everything that has happened throughout the day. Um, we were actually discussing this the other day. Uh, my wife and I, so she was saying, you know, you can have a bad day, but it's, you, you think about that bad day all day and for a week at a time, and, and that causes the anxiety and stress in our lives. Listen, you have a bad day, that's it. Leave it at that day. The next day is a new day.
2: Mhm. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, I I just read a I just read a uh, statistic recently and Stephanie maybe can confirm it, but it came from a a, a, doc, a Catholic doctor who wrote the book and he said that uh 85 to 90% of our physical ailments, so like arthritis or colitis or um, just different types of like even migraines, nine, 85 ulcers. to 90%. Ulcers 85 to 90% Doctors are realizing is is related to stress.
2: Oh, I completely agree. It's it's amazing when you can cope with stress and how your physical body will react to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've Absolutely. seen it a lot. It definitely um, makes a difference, and it goes I vice think- versa too. Like stress can cause physical ailments. Physical ailments can cause stress. It it goes hand in hand. You have to, you can't you can't fix one part of your body and not the other.
1: Yeah. And I think just saying, don't think about it or, you know, don't, you know, like Sean, you're right. We shouldn't panic, but it goes back to what you said earlier. That's why a journal is so good. And and, uh, so Stephanie mentioned, you know, Stephanie from a therapeutic standpoint can confirm that getting, uh, I like this saying, the saying goes like this, the mind is like a bad neighborhood. Do not go in there alone. Mm -hmm. And what happens? Our mind can be very criminal towards us. Our thoughts can give us, "Oh my God, is this the end? What's going on? A mind next?" And so, um, you know, it's important to not go in there and stay in there alone. Which is why a journal is really good because you can write it.
2: I out. always tell my clients, an idle mind is a devil's workshop.
1: One hundred percent.
2: And that's what we all have right now. We have an idle mind. We have nothing to do, so it's going to start to go in different directions.
0: You know, something else that's very important is, um, and Steph, you mentioned this uh, before, is sleep. Not having enough sleep can also mess with your mind. And, you know, we, we think to ourselves, okay, I have nothing to do. I have all this time, so I'm just going to stay up all night and not sleep. But then what ends up happening is you're not letting your mind rest. And, uh, Steph, and I'll let you talk about this obviously more, but, you know, all day the next day, you feel all tense and stressed because you have lack of sleep.
2: Well, and also, people are sleeping in until like one or two in the afternoon, and we're missing a lot of like just the sunlight, the vitamin D that we get from it, just the normal interaction of like the everyday life. You know, we're not seeing people outside at 2 p.m. like we are at 10 a.m., you know, so we need that. And so, um, you know, I think that getting the right amount of sleep and at the right times is very important. And I think we're all. In general, in Michigan, vitamin D deficient. So then if you're you're holding back even more of that, it's gonna be detrimental to your mental health. Like it's our sleep is so important. It 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 affects our mood, it affects our patience level, it affects everything.
1: Such a good point.
2: It's so really bad.
0: So Steph, you can talk more about this, obviously, but everything we just talked about, the do's and the don'ts. You know, obviously the don'ts will obviously lead to this, but um, with all this going on, obviously it leads to more stress in our lives, anxiety, which leads to depression. I mean, can you talk to us a little bit about that and how or what we can do to um, get over that?
2: So another don't that I want to add to that is actually... um like creating an addiction because um, I find that people are drinking a lot more often. People are involving, involving themselves in, in, unhealthy habits. So like if you, if you get into, um, into all these unhealthy habits, you're going to have to break them eventually, which eventually causes you more anxiety because you know that you have to. Um, and a lot of things like drinking is a depressant. We're going to feel more depressed so um, you know, a lot of people are drinking a lot more, a lot of people are smoking weed more often, they're doing a lot of things that are temporary highs but are gonna have detrimental effects later. Um, so we have to be really mindful of not creating bad habits through this too. Because it's easy to do, you're home and you're bored.
1: Even eating. Even yeah, oh, eating. Yeah, oh absolutely. I mean every every I mean literally, because it's like there's nothing when you have nothing to do. Um, you just walk, you're just walking to the refrigerator and it's like, you don't even know why you're there, but you're just yep. there again.
2: Absolutely.
1: You know, and we mentioned this earlier, but overthinking
0: everything and, you know, am I the next victim? Um, what's going to happen to my job? You know, how are we going to deal with this next month? All that anxiety, um, can be healthy for us, obviously.
2: And overeating or undereating, all of these different things are all symptoms of depression or anxiety. You know, so we're just building this, like, almost like our case towards anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, we're going to have a ton of anxiety because there's so much unknown. There's so much out there. We don't know when the state's going to open back up, when we're going to go back to work, if we're going to get sick, if we're not, if someone in our family is going to get sick. There's so much unknown. So it's going to cause a lot more anxiety. And anxiety can be so bad. I mean, I give this example all the time. Doctors sometimes don't know the difference between a heart attack and an anxiety attack. People go to the hospital for a heart attack, thinking that they are having one, and it turns out to be an anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. So that's how severe it can be, you know. um, And so it can come on in different forms. Like overeating is, is is something that happens when you have a lot of anxiety. Um, you know, there are so many different things that happen to your body, to your mind, all of it. Um, you know, just like the different mood swings or like a loss of interest. A lot of people are very productive. Some people are not productive at all. And so just, you know, not being able to enjoy things that you normally did. Um, you know, crying, sadness, just feeling like you just don't feel right. Um, all of those are symptoms of anxiety. Um, and so I think that what's going to happen is right now everyone is really anxious. I think when we get more information or you know, let's say like the death toll gets to a certain point or whatever it might be, I think that's when depression is going to hit us. You know, when people are losing businesses, um, you know, we went through this like back in what, 2008 or whatever, you know, like foreclosures or loss of business or loss of jobs, you know, we're going to go through a depression. We definitely are. And a lot of times anxiety and depression, they go together. You know, all the unknowns make you so anxious that you don't feel productive, that you don't get anything done. You don't plan ahead because you can't, like you physically cannot get your mind to think about one thing, you know? And so then, then you have all this depression, all the sadness, all the worry, all of that is going to get, it's, it's, I think that's, what's coming. You know, I think right now everyone's super anxious. I think in a month or two, we're going to see a huge rise in depression. You know, I know we're seeing already a huge rise in suicide. You know, people are really struggling with this, so I, I think it's a really serious thing. And I and I always tell people like you can have Jesus and a therapist too. You know, we can we can take care of our mental health and still be faithful. And I think people think you can only be one or the other. If you have anxiety, that means you're not believing in God. Um, is, but that's not true. Is, it's
1: not true, and yeah. I, that bothers me when people say anxiety is from the devil. And I say anxiety is not from the devil. Anxiety is a real thing that we experience as human beings. Mm-hmm. But how it become? But how will become spiritual? And the devil can use it is when we're already down exactly. and we're already discouraged and we're already depressed and we're already anxious. And so he'll just kick us while we're down. Yeah, and it doesn't come from him. Life brings anxiety, but then that's really important where like the self, the self care comes in. And and um, you know I. I not to be you know I, I think we're all saying the same thing but you know take care of the mind take care of the body um and take care of the soul soul by praying Absolutely. take so by praying and and praying properly and really hearing God's wo- voice and and the body and and Stephanie again can talk about this but like you know there is a reward there is a reward center in the brain and by working out or getting outside and getting some fresh air and some oxygen really those endorphins and serotonin that are those feel good chemicals naturally that our body just by going for a jog or a, or a walk or getting outside is very important for the reward center and so we reward our our brain the right way rather than with overeating or pornography or whatever it may be this thing that's actually killing us and making us even because then you know that bad habit leads to you know uh shame and guilt and sadness and failure and regret and and so just a whole nother but so mind body soul and, and is just so important but not you know we talk about that you know it's funny because yoga is all about mind body soul and but it, that's a catholic thing it's 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 us who's, that is our that's our terminology god gave us the body we take care of it you know uh, god gave us our mind saint paul talks about we have we have we need to have a renewal of the mind which is controlling our thoughts and being grateful and 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 the soul right that, that jesus christ died for our soul so it's important for us to connect with him daily so yeah, you know
0: absolutely. stephanie mentioned this earlier and I- you mentioned all of the things that we will be encountering, you know, and, and the, the symptoms we have for anxiety. And then you mentioned how prayer and therapy go, go hand in hand and Father Brian, mm-hmm. you obviously confirmed that. And I, I, I truly believe that myself. Can you give us um, any tips for trying to like overcome this anxiety or depression? Because things that you have seen or anything you can give us to help us during this time, Steph?
2: Well, kind of what we've, what we've been talking about, um, you know, healthy distractions. I think that's going to be the best thing you can do. Um, prayer, journaling, um, music, exercise, everything that we've basically talked about already today um, are definitely good coping skills. Um, breathing. I know it sounds crazy, but like I said, when people think that their, their anxiety is so bad that it feels like a heart attack you need to learn how to breathe, you know, you know, taking deep breaths and putting yourself in a position where you're in a calm setting in a calm environment. Um, and just refocusing your thoughts. Um, I do this thing with my clients. It's called the grounding technique where you, you list off like in your mind, you do not, or, or you can do it out loud, but some people might look at you funny, but you look at like five things you can see four things you can hear three things you can touch um, you know, like just counting down all of your senses because then it reprograms your brain to start thinking about other things other than the anxiety itself. Um, so when we're when we refocus our brain on like the external things, that anxiety is gonna calm down a little bit more naturally. Um, but we just need the the healthy the healthy distractions, you know, call a friend. Um you know, go to the grotto. We we're still able to do that. Take a drive if you need to, whatever it might be. Um, you know, we just need to find the healthy things that we can do. Um, prayer definitely helps. Like we said, like journaling, just write down what you're feeling, because then if you ever feel it again, you know, that it's going to go away. You know, that you already surpassed it once. I tell people that all the time like we don't realize the strength that we have within ourselves. So sometimes writing something down and knowing that hey, I went through this already and I'm okay. I was okay. I got through it. It'll remind us of of our strength and and sometimes it helps us to be a little bit more independent in terms of like how to get the necessary care. Like you don't always have to call your therapist when you're feeling anxious. Your therapist has to give you tools for you to be able to handle your your anxiety by yourself.
0: So you're saying we should or shouldn't call you?
2: You should call me, not every day, oh, though. Oh, not
1: every day. <laughs> you, you know, don't. because
2: our job isn't to give advice. It isn't to, um, like, tell you how to live. You know, we are going to give you skills, and you have to put those skills into action. You know, we don't want you to be dependent on us, and I'm sure Father Brian can say the same. You know, we want people to be independent and to be able to handle Um, situations by themselves. We are just there to facilitate
0: that. You know, you mentioned earlier, you mentioned earlier, uh, just different ways of praying and Father Brian and I were actually speaking about this yesterday. Um, And we were going over the different ways to pray. And I was telling him, um, you know, for myself at least, the different ways that I pray, I I go to the grotto. And even during this time now with quarantine, you can go to there, just drive to the grotto. You can stay in your car. We mentioned this earlier, reading the Bible you know, oftentimes another great way of praying that most people don't actually realize is a form of prayer is sitting in silence with the Lord and letting him speak to you versus you always speaking to him. Um, you mentioned getting vitamin D, but I, I think it's even a form of prayer going outside into nature Absolutely. and seeing the beauty that God has created. We mentioned even music. Um, I've gotten my, um, my one-year-old and my two-year-old into, a uh, praise and worship and they like they're like baba put on the jesus song and i'll have like a religious song and we'll, we'll play it all the time my actually my youngest sleeps to a song it's called um i shall not want it's actually an amazing song um and he's, he sleeps to that all the time and, you know i mentioned silence but another way of praying is actually speaking to him out loud so father brian and i like i said were actually talking about this exact topic the other day Brother Brian and I were saying how some people don't actually know the proper way how to pray. Father, you want to uh, talk about that?
1: Yeah. It's, um, I, 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 think it's, I think it's so important to, you know, prayer is a conversation with God. If we look at the definition of prayer, it's defined as a conversation with God. A conversation requires dialogue, not a monologue. And oftentimes when we're saying our fathers are Hail Marys and Praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet and and or us going to the Grotto, all these are amazing things, and we should do them. I try to pray the Rosary every day, but it can't just be one way because then it's not a it's not a mon- it's not a dialogue. It's a monologue, and again, God will sit there and listen to what we're saying. But at the same time, if we don't give Him an opportunity to respond, um, then that's really just not fair. It's, it's a one way relationship, and if we're really serious about cultivating a relationship with Jesus Christ. Um, with the Blessed Virgin Mary, if we're really serious about building a relationship with God, the Father, the Holy Spirit, you know, St. Joseph, whomever it is that we, you know, um, it's important for them to give us an opportunity to speak to us. And, and, uh, and, and that's why how personally, and I know it sounds like we're being redundant, but I think the Holy Spirit's really getting us on this journal, right? I have a prayer journal. Sean, you mentioned yours. Stephanie, you mentioned yours. Mm -hmm. I have a journal. I, I, I did it today. I, I dated it. I, I put the date today and I put dear Jesus and I told him I initiated the conversation. I I mentioned in maybe a paragraph of what it is that was on my mind, you know, what I wanted to bring forward for the day, whether it was good or bad, it doesn't matter. Then I said, now you speak. And so I went and and I grabbed my Bible and I read the daily readings. I allowed him to speak to me and I took what he said to me and I wrote it in my journal. And then I responded. Now we're engaging in a back and forth conversation and I left my prayer session not worse but with way more peace. Why? Because God spoke to me. Now, that's not a figment of my imagination. That's a reality that God can do that. He can do it through a book. Like you mentioned, Sean, I can grab a Catholic book. And if I dedicate three to five pages a day of the book, you know, we all have tons of Catholic books and we put them near our our bed, right on our our nightstand and we say, we're going to read them. Well, now is a time to really dedicate because God through the author can speak through that Catholic speaker of the book. And so it's very important for, for us to dedicate three to five pages maybe of the book and say to God, okay, God, here's what I'm going through, but now I'm going to read this book and I want you to speak to me. What do you want to say to my to my heart? What do you want me to know as your child? Um, it could be through a, a movie, through a, a saint movie. It could be through, um, you know, like you said, Sean, just walking outside and seeing the birds or just feeling the wind or feeling the sun. The sun is is, you know, just these are great ways that God wants to really... Physically manifests himself to show us he's not this guy in the sky who's just up there chilling, hanging out. But in reality, he's so with us if we give him that opportunity. But conversation, 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 dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. No more monologues. Monologues are boring and it gets stale. And if it gets stale and we wonder, well, nothing is happening in our spiritual lives, that's our fault. God wants to dialogue and have communication with us. But again, if we don't give him that opportunity, that's a one-way friendship and it's not going to last. It's going to get stale real fast and we're going to give up on it.
0: Yeah. Those are actually amazing points. And thank you, Father, for bringing that up. I'm sure a lot of us, um, you know, to ourselves think, you know, if I just pray the rosary or just say to our Father, that's good enough. But that's actually amazing what you just mentioned. And uh, Stephanie, thank you for all the input you've given us uh, throughout this podcast. I want to thank you actually both again for coming on and taking the time to share with us your stories and your insight on this topic. Uh, the closing thought you know, I have on this, I actually saw this, um, this quote, or it's not a quote, it's the same the other day about Noah's Ark. And I thought it fit really well with the topic that we're discussing today. And I want to actually read it to you guys. Uh, It it goes like this. It says, 40 days and 40 nights in the ark, Noah's family was confined in a boat. There was no windows, no balconies, no terrace, no phones, no YouTube, Facebook, or Netflix. They only heard the rain. They spent their time praying and loving each other and taking care of the animals. God the Father took care of them as Noah was a man of faith and obeyed his word. Remember, even though there are um, many storms or I'm uh, There are many, I apologize, out there, there's an ocean of viruses and the life seems like a stormy ride. Our God is watching over us. Do not be afraid. Again, there it goes. Do not be afraid. Be faithful to him and wait patiently. The, rainbow, uh, the rain will stop and the rainbow will come out again. I thought that was very beautiful. And I, and I hope that all of our listeners today have taken from this episode that there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And through what we've discussed and the tips that father Brian and Stephanie have given us that um, there's a few tips that will help us get to the end of this tunnel and get to the light that we want. Again, I thank you both for coming on the show and I want to close how I close every podcast. Remember to go forth with confidence and that you have the right to be Catholic. God bless.
2: You have been listening to an ECRC Martoma Productions podcast. To learn more about ECRC and all of our programs, go to ecrc.us.